Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They have been providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we're welcoming award-nominated author Piper Mesia. She's a uh, writer from New Zealand. She has uh, been nominated for an assortment of awards, and she is also the founder of a institute that encourages children to write. It's quite a lady. Um, and sorry about my cold. Um, here's Piper. Hi, Piper. Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, I'm really excited to chat with you. You're uh, a good friend with one of our big supporters, Lee Murray. Um, yeah. Uh, did you meet through writing? How did you meet Lee? Um, well, uh, about uh, 10 years ago, I moved from Auckland, which is a major city in New Zealand, down to the Bay of Plenty, Tauranga, and I joined a writing group called Tauranga Writers, which is New Zealand's longest-running uh, writing group, and Lee had, must have joined, like, a couple of weeks before me, not not that long before me, and um, I'm at this meeting, and I don't know exactly what happened, but I fell off my chair, and she thought it was the funniest thing she'd ever seen in her life, and basically decided that we were going to be friends. (laughs) 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 So we've been friends ever since, yeah. That is so cute. (laughs) Sounds like (laughs) me. Yeah, I take no responsibility for falling off a chair in front of people I don't know. <laughs> I've done that. I actually was at a, I think it was a meeting. Yeah, it was a meeting at a um, a local uh, bookstore when we had bookstores. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, it wasn't actually a chair. It was like these square blocks that you had to sit on. It was very modern, yep. you know. And <laughs> I guess I I had angled myself. I, I had my my paperwork and notebooks and stuff on my lap and in front of me. And I guess I angled myself at the end of the block, and I fell right off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dangerous. Dangerous if there's no back and arms. That's what I say. Yeah, that's what it was. Was there no back and arms on the chair you were in? There was a rolly chair and there were no arms. Yeah. So. Yeah. At least if you had arms, you could hang on to something and not fall off and exactly. make a fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But terrible chair. Ah, bad chair. Did you send it to its room? <laughs> Never sat on it again. Didn't deserve my butt. That's, that's for right. Sure. That's right. <laughs> um. As I like to do with um, new guests, uh, could you tell um, short term, not a really long thing, but a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, who, wh- where you're from? Uh, you said originally Auckland. A little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, originally, originally I'm from the United States. I was born in Michigan. Um, my parents immigrated to New Zealand when I was four. Um, so basically raised in New Zealand and um, I'm I'm an English teacher at a at a secondary school and I also work for the Ministry of Education which is 
you know, part of the government in terms of education. And um, and the reason, you know, like even as a child, I really enjoyed writing. But as an English teacher, you know, you you teach creative writing. And my student over a decade ago said to me, you know, how do you know how to teach creative writing? Because you you aren't an author. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, I should be an author. I'll go write something fabulous and be published, and then my students will like listen to my words and and believe everything I say about creative writing. Right. And then, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's how it works, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's basically it. And and you know, through the writing community, I've made lots of friends, and and it's definitely something that I enjoy doing it because it's like counterbalancing like my actual career and job so yeah so well it really depends yeah, on how me. old your kids are you know if the kids that you're teaching are little kids yeah they probably that would be cool but if they're teenagers nah that I won't have any influence on them at all <laughs> well funnily enough no I do teach older kids I teach secondary school so I teach from year 9 to year 13 so they're 12 to 18 years old and they love my horror because I write short horror so um, they always want to read it and it's there's you know the young people in terrible environments and situations because I write about my students so I always say look I've written a story about you and and they they love it they they love being in the stories they like seeing them in print they're like oh I remember when that happened like I wrote a story about being locked down in a classroom, so a lockdown. You know, and they they we don't we don't have any shootings in New Zealand, but we have lockdowns in case. Usually, it's like a a robbery nearby or something, and the schools get locked down. So you know, you write a little story, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we remember that." Or another time, it's about a kid who's like quite messy in the library and and is eating in the library and then chokes to death on the food they're eating and. They, they think that's hysterical because they're like, yeah, you're not allowed to eat in the library and, yeah, you should choke to death if you're eating in the library. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're quite, they're quite amused by it, yeah. It's <laughs> a, a bit harsh punishment for eating in the library. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, no eating, right? No eating means no eating. <laughs> and um, I have a writing group at school, too, and I think that's part of it, you know, so I teach a lot of kids who are interested in, in writing, so. Do you, um, is, is, do you have a hero that you used to read both as a kid or even now that you still appreciate? Um, well, I, you know, I, 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 I love Jane Austen. And, and I guess <laughs> the, if I'm thinking about science fiction and fantasy, Asimov was you know, definitely a touchstone for me All right. because, you know, I love, I write short stories, I love short stories, so I read a lot of short stories. Um, I used to watch the Sunday Night Horrors, I don't know if that happened in the States with like Tales from the Crypt, and I even named my daughter Alvera, um, <laughs> because I, you know, like my sister and I, we would stay up Sunday night, you know, they'd start at midnight, and we'd be so tired on Monday morning, but we would like really want to watch it, and a lot of those were like the Ray Berry very bit, uh, Ray Berry, um, you know, theater, you know, those kind of things. So, you mean Ray Bradbury? Um, you, yeah, you go and reread them and stuff. So, yeah, those, that was definitely kind of the things I grew up on reading. Do you, do you mean Ray Bradbury? Yeah, sorry, Ray Bradbury, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
because I was like, Ray Barry. Um, Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my words. Yeah. Okay. No, you know, Ray Bradbury, I actually met him a couple, a few times. Oh, did you? Oh, he was... Is he nice? Oh, so nice. He was one of the nicest oh. people. Affable, down-to-earth, friendly. Um, yeah. Very, very kind. Yeah, definitely. Um, the first time I met him, I knew he was my father's favorite. He, Asinoff and, and Bradbury were my dad's two favorites. Never uh, met Asinoff, yeah. though. I, because he never left New York. He was scared of trains, planes, the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. He, um, he, 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 I think he would go on a boat, but he wouldn't go on a train or a plane. Amazing. Yeah. I don't like boats. I don't like the fact that whales swim in the ocean. Because <laughs> they're so big. That's so big. I, I did read Moby Dick, so that might be a problem, you know. Uh, well, whales aren't quite... The, the whales you have to work, look out for are the most beautiful whales of the orcas. They're the ones that are the mm. bad ones. The big ones, really, they don't have... They don't even have teeth. <laughs> no, they don't. But, you know, I hear they swallow boats, so... <laughs> and the Kraken. Just the Kraken. You know, like, there are things in the ocean. <laughs> but I'm thinking uh, the boat. And there really is a giant octopus, but they said that they can't even put their, um, their, what do you call it, Tec technical, technical, the, the, yeah. the long arm thing that they use, their oh. arms. They couldn't. They can't Wait. take it out of the ocean because there's no bones or anything in it. So it wouldn't be able to hold a boat or anything. It's, it, they use it to kill, but they couldn't grab a boat or anything like the but legends say. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watch a lot of. <laughs> I love. I I love nature shows. I watch a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah, like Blue Planet and stuff like that. I love that stuff. Um, but Ray Bradbury, um, first time I met him was um, I went to community college before I went to university. And uh, they would have seminars for new students at the beginning. And he came to talk to us. Um, first years at community college, lowest level of college, and he was supposed to be talking about his writing and his new movie that was coming out. Do you know what he wanted to talk about? No, what? Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he wanted. He loved dinosaurs. He was obsessed with dinosaurs. That's all he wanted to talk about was dinosaurs. It was adorable. I just fell in love with him. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. What you don't expect. Yes, I'd like to talk about something completely different. Dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, I actually didn't have one of his books with me because it was like um, we're gonna have. We knew we we're gonna have a seminar, but we didn't know who was gonna be there because they didn't tell us. And when yeah. I found out it was Ray Bradbury was in the paper, it was in the school paper that afternoon. I actually took the paper with his picture with me. And I said, Mr. Bradbury, I don't have your book with me because I didn't know you were going to be here. Would you mind signing it? He goes, sure, honey. And he signed <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Next time I saw him was at a, 
a science fiction convention, and I asked him to sign a book for my dad because my dad loved him. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's nice. I always worry about meeting authors that I really admire because I don't want them to turn out to be horrible people in person, you know. And I understand, you know, you don't you don't want to be harassed all the time, um, but yeah. So far, I've been lucky. No, he's lovely. Uh, the other one that I met, um, you said you liked half-hour shows and the horrors and stuff. Did you ever see The Twilight Zone? Yeah, I watched a little bit of Twilight Zone. Um, the old not, one. Not a lot, yeah. Well, the old, a lot of, several of my favorite of the old ones was written by a writer called Richard Matheson, who also wrote a movie that is one of my favorite time travel movies called Somewhere in Time with Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeves. Did you ever oh see it? Oh my gosh, I think I've seen that one where he has like a little coin and they go back and forth uh-huh. with a penny. Hotel and then he's found like frozen or something. No, he's dead. Oh, he's, he's, dead. he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah. He, he starves to death because he hadn't eaten the yeah. entire weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I've seen that one. Yeah. He wrote that. This guy, Richard Matheson. Oh, very so cool. He was at a local bookstore and, um, he had just come out, I forgot the name of the book, because it was not one I was that keen on, but I, I bought that book, and I brought my book of Somewhere in Time with me. And um, the movie that the one he had come out with was with Robin Williams. I can't remember the name of it. I still have it, because um, he autographed it. But, um, but I was, like, really scared he wouldn't be nice, because, yeah, he... I was like, you know how you're you're not sure, and he yeah. said, I said, hi. I know they said only one book at a time, but I'm a huge fan of this book, and um, I actually read it at the Del Coronado Hotel, and I really would like you to sign it if it's okay. I understand if it's not. I mean, I said this all in one breath. <laughs> and he laughed. Yeah. <laughs> and he laughed. He goes, sure, of course I'll sign both of them. And he so he was just really sweet, adorable, wonderful. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like when you go to a convention and they tell you not to talk because it's really busy and they tell you not to talk to the guests. Just go and get an autograph and go on, you know. And yeah. it's impossible for me, impossible for me to see somebody I admire and not say anything. Yeah. Other than hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. It, it, it's my mouth won't work that way. <laughs> no, that seems rude too to kind of like say find this. Well, no, you can. You're allowed to say hi or something, you know. But you, but I always like as quickly as I can, like um, when I met a Renee O'Connor from uh, Zena. I said, hi, it's really nice to meet you. I love you, and Zena, you're wonderful, and I really like your movie that you just made. It. And I mean, I must have said it in a minute. I, I said it so quickly. <laughs> and she she signed it, and she's laughing as she's signing. Yeah, oh, you've broken a rule, you've broken a rule. Can I do it? I just, I, I just can't do it. I can't. Not if somebody, if it's just... If it's uh, somebody that I like, but I'm not like super cuckoo crazy about, 
then I'll just say, hi, I admire your work, and that'll be about it. But if it's somebody I really want to talk to, I will zoom it out. <laughs> it's like, oh, I may never meet this person again. I'm not going to lose the opportunity just because of your dumb rule. I'll just say it really fast so I don't screw anybody else up. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the time it takes you to find it, I'll just quickly get it all out. Exactly. So that's what I do. Poor people. Sometimes I don't even know if they understood a word I said. <laughs> hey, I, some of those people passed on after I got their autograph, so. Everyone's good, yeah. Yeah. And they go home knowing something, you know, like, it must be hard for them too. I would think so. Yeah. Like, I was at a a collectible fair and the more popular uh, people are in one area and then the other people are in, like up and down on lanes and you you can't afford to get something from every actor you see so you feel really bad that you have to pass some people by but you really are kind of I only have enough for four autographs I can't get more than that and you know you have to buy a picture and you only have so much money to buy those things so you can get them autographed and I had this one time where I was at this convention and this um, I was wearing um, what's the name of it princess was Anne Hathaway with Julie Andrews and Anne Hathaway Oh, the Princess Diary. The Princess Diary. I had a, a T-shirt from that on, and one of the people who actually played a character I didn't like, said she waved at me and I waved back and I kept walking and she yelled at me something nasty and she goes, "You're not really a fan, or you would have stopped here or something like that." I'm like, <laughs> that was a bit odd. Yeah, I was like, most people. Like I, I was really sad that I did, I couldn't have, I I had already gotten my limit on how much money I could spend, and as I was leaving, he was outside. Uh, Richard Keel from the James Bond movies was out there, and I was like, I don't have any more money. Yeah. And I felt really bad because I really did like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's it's kind of a strange thing to me. I mean, I, I they don't have a lot of conventions in New Zealand, and the one that they were going to have this year, of course, was cancelled because of COVID-19. We were going to have a world con in New Zealand. And, um, yeah, the whole kind of Comic-Con Armageddon thing that's, like, relatively new um, and relatively small and... Um, I, New Zealand doesn't really have the culture that you go in with a lot of money to like meet people and pay for their signatures yet. I don't. Yeah. So we, we don't kind actually. Of a, a, they kind of got around that. They actually pay for the picture. You don't pay for the signature because it's illegal to pay for the signature. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> kind of an interesting, yeah, interesting idea. Um, you know, to meet people and yeah. Yeah, but I, know. I, I I did actually when I was in the states recently I did want to go to one but I could never um, get to one to see what 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 was it like because I 
you know, you always imagine that in the United States these cons are, like, huge and there's all these people and there's all this buzz and there's all these things to go on. So, but I've never actually been to one. I feel like I'm very sad because the one that we were going to have this year, which was going to be amazing, of course, um, you know, COVID. Yeah, no, no, didn't they nobody just, can go. Didn't they just delay it to the next year? Uh, no, no, they decided to do it virtually, and um, I, I had just, you know, like I can't, I can't cope with any more online because as a teacher, I spent two months sort of online, and I just, I, I can't go to a con online. It just, it misses the point for me. It's the human interaction, yeah. it's being around people, it's the spontaneousness and the bumping into people you don't know or people you haven't seen in a long time, and I just. To it going online just didn't appeal to me. So yeah, yeah. I I understand why they're doing that because it's safe and stuff like that. But mm. it's not. I yeah. The point isn't the fun part of it is to go there and meet people. Yeah, exactly. To yeah. to see the, the famous people, to meet new people, to make friends with people. I mean, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah, and to be in, and to be inspired, like going what's on today, what inspires me, you know, that was kind of my thinking, you know, what what would I like to go and see and who would I like to go listen to and that kind of thing, yeah. So, I mean, I think part of the reason they decided to do it virtually is because they had been funded mm. and so it gets really complicated when you're saying, well, we're not having it, so how do you return the funds and, yeah, things like that, so... Yeah, I can see that. But yeah, that takes. I'm really sorry that that didn't go through. I know that. Um, I have several friends in New Zealand. I know everybody because Zena. I became friends with a lot of people in New Zealand, um, <laughs> and I. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed that that didn't go through. Yeah. 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 In fact, someone just messaged me recently about. Did I know, you know, like, are they are they having any virtual markets or something? And I'm like, actually, I have no idea what's going on. So, yeah, <laughs> sorry, but I don't. You yeah. just have to try and contact them and find out. Now, this is something on the other hand. Are you big on um, meeting fans uh, when when we're normal? Uh, at bookstores, do you go to signings? Do you do things like that, or do you meet people at like book groups? Do you do that? No, um, New Zealand is such a small country. Um, we always talk about it being like one degree of separation, and so you always know somebody through somebody. Like it's it, we're such a close community that um, if people want to talk to you or see you they'll just phone you up even you know strangers will find you on like the internet or they'll email you and things like that so um even some of our more reputable authors like i see them all the time um because i live in my neighborhood and they'll come speak at my school and you know we'll talk about stuff that's going on or uh, they'll recognize my name and they're like oh did you write such and such and you're like yeah, yeah, that's me. Well, because my name's kind of unusual too, so that that helps a little bit. But um, yeah, there's not a lot of um, sort of like book launches or you know meet your fans because 
it, it seems to me, and this is just my perception of course, but it's just far more far more informal and because it's so easy to talk to people here. Um, doesn't matter that the, the most famous New Zealand authors I have met dozens of times at readers and writers festivals or just in a bookstore or uh, like I've taught their kids or their grandkids or you know like it's, it's crazy like that because we are we are an island yeah we are an island um and I was not hard to get away now this is a different question I've been I, I started asking it again because people are reading so much now um do you have a book that you're uh, an author right now that you're passionate about that you'd like to read and catch up on? So something that I'm releasing this month is um, a, a collection of short stories called The Better Sister. So a lot of these stories have been in other science fiction and fantasy anthologies, um, both in New Zealand and and in Australia. Um, and uh, this was one. That, so I have two sisters. And one of them, um, she she had cancer for the last five years. She she recently died, and so I was writing these stories as kind of um, metaphors for the for our lives. Um, and um, but so there's sort of magical realism and horror and things like that. But they're they're basically about you know the sister trio relationship, and and um, I, I'm quite passionate about it because I don't. You know, when you read about women and and throughout history and different types of literature, you know, you've got Cinderella and her two stepsisters, you've got Medusa who was one of three Gorgons, King Lear had three daughters, and so you see this again and again, and I was playing on that with my own relationship with my sisters, and so quite excited about it coming out at the end, um, end of this month uh, through Breach Magazine, which is a the um, publisher is a sci-fi magazine, sort of New Zealand and Australia, and um, he was actually looking to publish a novel, and I sort of pitched my short story collection, and, and he had published like three of my short stories before, so um, yeah, very very excited about it. And then I have a novel coming out next year, um, being published by IFWG, which is an, uh, an Australian-American publisher. Um, but it's actually, you know, it was one of those things that I wrote 10 years ago and he had read some of my short stories and like, well, have you got, he doesn't publish short stories and he said, do you have anything longer? And I said, well, I wrote this novel 10 years ago and he's like, oh, well, let me have a look at that. So that's, yeah, two kind of exciting things for me that are coming out. Um, kind of keeps you, keeps you wanting to write, really. Cool. That sort of reminds me when you're talking about your sisters of um, like little women, like little Louisa May Alcott, because she said that she couldn't stand women, and the publisher insisted that she write about women. And she goes, "The only women I can stand are my sisters." She goes, "He goes, so yeah. write about them." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Write about who you know and yeah, how you'd like to be reflected in literature. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that I remembered when I read her autobiography that really shocked me that she says, oh, I, I much prefer boys. I'm not really into girls, but I really, really love my sisters, so that's why I wrote this. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. 
weird when people say that when they discount a whole gender. Um, my 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 sister who died, she she never liked children, and and I'm always like, what? You you don't know children, so how do you know you don't like children? And I've got three kids, and she said, well, I love your children. I'm like, well, you know, like they're an example of like all kids. You know, like they're just like all kids. They're 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 not that different from anybody else. So how? Uh, it always puzzled me to like dismiss a whole section of society and say, well, I don't like that whole section. You know, I don't like women. I don't like children. I don't like elderly people. It's like, how do you dismiss a whole part of our society? Um, yeah, it's very, very strange to me. Because I think I don't do that myself. I, I base my likes and dislikes on individuals. But, um, yeah. but I think the reason why they do that is because. It's based on they they read something or they met maybe two or three people and this is how they see the entire group of people and therefore they don't like them. Yeah, it is weird, but it also shows how small their their community is. Exactly. You know, when I think about my community, it's quite Huge. it's quite extensive. Yeah. You know, I have friends that are 20 years older than me and I have friends who are 20 years younger than me and you know well I'm a teacher so I'm around young people all the time and yet to think about that I could only have friends or only be in a society of people within my own age group I would find that I would be missing out on the richness of of our community. I think that's true and I also think that if you stick to um, like a certain gender or a certain age group the richness of your life is diminished because there's so much out there that you're not seeing outside of this little tiny circle that you've said, this is what I like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Even in things like um, what you read. You know, mm-hmm. I read, I'm a quite an eclectic reader because I have eclectic, you know, community and they'll say things like, I love it when my mother goes, oh, you should read this in 10 years time you're too young you need to read this later or you know like my students would say oh miss I just read this book it's so awesome you should read it and I'm like okay I'll read it because you're interested in it and I want to know what you're interested in so I'll read it and sometimes they're great I read um, this series oh gosh I can't remember her name but it starts off with one that's called Cinder and it's where Cinderella's like a cyborg and that's such a fun series of book. I really enjoyed it. Cinderella is a cyborg. It's brilliant. And um, I loved it. I loved the series. And I thought, you know, a 12-year-old recommended me to read that. You know, like, I would have missed out on that if I only were with friends in their 40s. Well, just like, uh, you're going to think I'm weird, but uh, I really wasn't a Harry Potter fan when it first came out, when the books first came out. Because... I thought it was for uh, what Harry's nine when the series starts. Eleven. He's eleven. He's eleven. So I thought it was yeah. for eleven-year-olds. You know, that's what I thought because I wasn't. Yeah. And and one of my best friends, she said, "You've got to read this book." And I go, "It's for kids." And she goes, "Sherry, how many books do you like that were quote unquote for kids?" And I go, "Yeah, that's true." And she goes. Treasure Island, Little Women. I go, okay, okay, I'll read it. 
Yeah. <laughs> but it's like this inner thing. You're like, because you got so much going on. You're like, you have to have some selection, some selectivity. But yeah. but at the same time, it's not fair to close off just because your perception, your perception yeah, may be off. Give it a go. Read a couple of chapters. If it doesn't grab you, you've not really lost much time or effort at all. And the thing is, is that my my dad and my brother both, I finished it, loved it, gave it to my dad. He loved it. He finished it, gave it to my brother. My mom's not into fantasy, so she did not read it. Um, yeah. But the, the different ages there, and everybody loved it. So I really, it's hard because... It's just like it's just like it's like poetry. <laughs> that not everybody likes it, but you're gonna find something you like. Exactly. Yeah. People uh think that um all poetry is dun 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 and I I go, That's not what poetry is. There's all kinds of different kinds of poetry. There's there's haiku, there's stats. There's stem, there's stem, there's like 50 billion different kinds, really, of poetry. There's, what do you think rap is? What do you think music yeah. is? Music, if you, the the lyrics to music is poetry. Um, one of the, I was watching this documentary on the door, on, not the doors, on Laurel Canyon, all the musicians that, famous musicians that lived in an area of California called Laurel Canyon and one of it was the Doors and they were talking about how, I forgot his name, he died young, he killed himself. The, the, I'm sorry? The, the leader of the Doors? Yeah. Yeah. But he, they, he, they were talking about how he was a poet. I mean, and most, if you look at most lyricists, they are. Yeah. Yeah, well, didn't they give um, Bob Dylan the laureate for poetry? Yeah. He's like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, I thought was, that was quite funny. It's like uh, Robert Frost to Bob Dylan, okay. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, no, I, I, I'm the, I, I have respect for Bob Dylan, he's just not my favorite. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm more of... Um, uh, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, my mom loves loves Joni Mitchell. She yeah. that's another one who's a poet. She's a poet. You, you listen to her songs. Every song is poetry. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. But that's um yeah, I'm more of a Joni Mitchell lover. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so your book is going to be coming out. Um, this month, is that correct? Yep, yep, in the first month. And uh, is it going to be Amazon, or is it going to be through a website? Um, um, how's it yeah, working? So, yeah, a couple of ways. So so through through Breach Magazine, their website, through Amazon, um, and through... So we have like a... It's kind of like a print-on-demand sort of publishing in New Zealand. So... You know, you you have you print a few the books, and then people can link in and just order what they want, and then they'll just print them rather than um, 
you know, having to have thousands of copies on hand and things like that. So um, in New Zealand, the, the sort of average print run is, is between 200 and 500 books. Once again, we're a small country, so um, you're doing well if you sell 500 books. Um, uh, kind of where we are. Okay. And now, because oh, we can't print overseas at the moment, so you can't send your files overseas to be printed and shipped to New Zealand at the moment. It's all kind of blocked because of COVID-19. It is weird. Yeah. Um, Just. But so people can like get it like through Amazon or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. They can get it through Amazon. Um, also, you are uh, a co-founder of a um, children's um, writing workshop, is that right? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a Young New Zealand Writers is sort of um, intermediate to secondary school, so it's from like 10 to 18, and we run uh, annual writing competitions and run uh, workshops, uh, like a convention, like a young person's writing convention every year. Um, and this year we had to unfortunately go virtual, but um, yeah, hundreds of kids um, participate. I think our biggest year was like a thousand children, um, sort of between yeah, 10 and 18. So um, Lee, and, Lee, Mary and I, we started it 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. And um, yeah, it's been really, really good giving young people opportunities and we've got um, past writers who've done amazingly well for themselves, becoming like uh, poet laureates of their university. We had one who, she actually works for NASA now and um, has won some pretty prestigious science fiction awards in the United States. And you know, you, you keep track of them and see how, how this one thing gave them an opportunity to find their voice and motivate them to see themselves as what they have is valuable. You know what they're saying is valuable. So, love love being part of it. So, do you think it's interesting how somebody will do something that's maybe like like a parent or a friend, or they saw an ad or something, and it'll change their life? Yeah, well, I think the more opportunities you throw at someone, the more they can see what fits, you know, like if you never if you never let a kid try a variety of instruments or a variety of sports or a variety of languages, you know, how are they going to know which one's going to stick if all they know is one thing uh, I think, yeah, the, the more you can, you know offer kids so they can try things out until something clicks um, it, yeah, that's really kind of what you want and and you know, sometimes it takes people years, and some people it's instantaneous. But I always think about like little kids, like you know, the Williams sisters who become tennis players, or Tiger Woods who becomes a golf player. Like, did they love it from the moment they picked it up, or was that parents saying, "This is the one thing you're going to do, and you're going to do it really well"? Um, yeah, don't know. That's the question, isn't it? That is really the question. Um. We're running out of time, so I want you. Do you have a website? Uh, no, I'm on the New Zealand Society of Authors, um, and I'm with Big Six New Zealand, and then of course Young New Zealand Writers, 
and Taronga writer. So I don't have my own website because I'm on four different websites, and I just think that's a little overkill to have one of my own as well. So um, because I work with all those organisations, you can find me on all of them. And um, do you are you on social media? I'm just on Facebook. Um, yes, I as a as a teacher, I'm very careful about what I put out there. Um, so. My, I'm on Facebook, and that's it. That's my one media profile, um, Piper Mejia, and I think it's pretty private too, so you have to know somebody who knows me mm-hmm. to get on there. But because if you are a New Zealander, that's easy. Like, getting getting in touch with me as a New Zealander is super easy. Um, overseas, you know, if you know a New Zealander, they can find me. Uh, but otherwise, go to the um, New Zealand Society of Authors. Okay. All right. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I did. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps) no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details